Hello, and welcome to Until It's Fixed, a podcast by Optum. This 10-part series takes you inside the healthcare system to better understand the challenges and complexities at the industry's core. I'm your host, Susan Denser. Today, in this season's final episode, we'll talk about the extraordinary challenges and opportunities that the COVID-19 pandemic has posed for the life sciences sector. That sector includes biotech, biopharmaceutical, and medical device companies. I am Dr. Brian Solo. Dr. Solo is chief medical officer in Optum's life sciences division. He says some people don't always think about the underlying importance of life sciences organizations when they think about healthcare. So what's fascinating about the life science sector is it seems sometimes to get lost and overlooked. You and I will think about patients first. We'll think about providers, doctors, the people that assist them. We'll think about the hospitals. We'll think about the big insurers. But somewhere along the line, in the background lies those life science companies. All too often, we think that as we think about life science companies, what we always think about is price of new drugs, price of therapies, but we don't realize the value that these companies bring in providing us these new therapies. These companies have long been at work developing treatments to tackle the chronic diseases that affect billions of people worldwide and up to 40% of all Americans. And we're still thinking about heart disease, high blood pressure, congestive heart failure, strokes. We're still thinking about diabetes. We're still thinking about cancer. We're still thinking about obesity. But in recent months, the race to develop effective therapies and vaccines to fight COVID-19 has thrust life sciences companies into overdrive. So my name is Eamon Sheet, and I am a vice president in the medical department at Sanofi Bastor. It's always striving to create novel and innovative medicines and vaccines. Eamon is helping to lead vaccine development at Sanofi Pasteur, one of the world's largest pharmaceutical firms. Sanofi has two vaccines in the works now to slow or block the spread of COVID-19. It's devastating the world, and um, not one single company by itself will be able to meet the demand for vaccination here. So we're pretty humble about that. And, and in fact, we're seeing excellent collaboration across the industry, and we're all kind of cheering each other on. We need as many of these to be successful as possible to be able to uh, meet the demand out there for, for such a vaccine. I think people are yearning for, um, uh, for a return to normal life, and uh, we really hope that this vaccine can be a big part of that. Sanofi's vaccine are based on a different approach from two leading vaccine candidates, one produced by the pharmaceutical firm Pfizer and its German partner BioNTech, and another by Moderna. Clinical trials of those two vaccines have shown them to be 95% effective in preventing severe COVID-19 disease. It's possible that many other vaccines, like Sanofi's, will also be effective. Along with other vaccine developers, Sanofi has rushed to do in months what normally takes years to get a successful vaccine on the market. In the process, the company has worked closely with Optum. Now, a nice thing that a partner uh, in research like Optum brings is that they bring a strength in data science. And uh, they specialize and focus in on that. And the, the marriage of the two is really what will spark innovation. 
And if you have a partner like Optima that has um, a wide um, swath of the data from across the country, then you start to have that ability to um, to study the epidemiology of this disease uh, almost in real time and in a really rich way because not only do you know where the events are occurring, you know a lot about characteristics of the populations and the geographies where these events are occurring. And that is extremely valuable when you're trying to make a prediction into the future. I mean, you will be able to study everything from the clinical characteristics of people to the demographic characteristics of people. That allows us to much more intimately understand what's going on. And it actually will, it goes beyond simply the effect of the vaccine. But we start to be able to study the effectiveness of the vaccine program. We're also able to study things like, okay, so sometimes when you're transporting vaccines, if they're not stored and handled properly, they may become ineffective. We'll be able to say, are we deploying the vaccine equitably? Um, so all these data, uh, you know, are going to be uh, a key in us doing sort of the best and most ethical and, uh, and, uh, and just job in distributing this vaccine and making the program um, as big of a success as possible. Optum is also assisting life sciences companies after regulators give the green light to put vaccines and other medical products on the market. Here's Dr. Solo again. But once those are developed, once we can show that they're safe and effective, we're going to be able to assist in various manners. One will certainly be in our epidemiological uh, study to make sure that these continue to be safe and effective. It's one thing to release a drug to the market, and it's another thing to see it now being used by thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of folks. A huge amount of data then emerges from those vast populations of users. For more insight, here's Lewis Brooks. My name is Lewis Brooks. I'm the Vice President of Commercial Analytics in Optum. And my role is to lead a team of data scientists and other analytics individuals that help our clients address a wide range of questions using real-world data. Understanding what he means by the phrase real-world data requires a brief description about how life sciences companies do their work in researching and developing new medical products. Life sciences companies begin by developing products in a lab. They then test them on small numbers of people for safety and then expand into broader clinical trials to test for efficacy. But even big clinical trials will test products on a carefully screened population of at most thousands of people, not the tens of millions of people who may eventually receive the vaccines or therapies. They may have different underlying medical conditions or may take different doses of therapies from the ones prescribed in trials. Thus, once any medical products are launched onto the market, it's critically important to understand how they work in these far bigger populations and in the far messier real world than the carefully curated world of clinical trials. Lewis Brooks explains. Clinical trials are very controlled, and they need to be from a scientific standpoint. But when you convert that over into a product's approved and now it's in the market, it's, it's, it's now you know, a significantly different environment. 
you know, because when you know, we're in that clinical trial setting, we're controlling all aspects of the interaction, we're carefully monitoring all of the patients, we're, you know, evaluating every little piece of minutia that's going on. And when you get to, you know, the real world, the actual engagement process from a healthcare standpoint is not nearly as controlled in as in a clinical trial and as a result you get a better understanding of what is the real impact of a particular product or a surgical intervention or a medical device or whatever it is that you may be analyzing from a data standpoint real world data is the raw information that can help shed light on how products are actually working in real world conditions real world data is that information that is collected as we as individuals engage with the healthcare system so there are two main ways to collect that real world data one is through the administrative claims process or the billing process more recently over the past let's say half a dozen to dozen years electronic medical records have become more prevalent think about the interactions that you have with your doctors in many cases they're sitting there and typing things as you're talking to them and that information is in your electronic medical record and the data itself is considered to be real world because it's describing the experiences of what truly happens when we all collectively engage in the healthcare system and the evidence part comes from conducting analysis Analyzing this real-world data to determine what actually happens when drugs, vaccines, and other therapies are administered to huge populations of people is critical to understanding how safe and effective these products really are. So from a safety perspective, it's probably one of the most widely utilized aspects of real-world data. Understanding now that we have produce this product and we now have it approved and it's going to in some cases four, five, six, ten times as many people that may have been in that clinical trial or more. The need to really understand what's happening from a safety perspective and doing safety surveillance, it becomes very important. There are, you know, there are products who get indications that come along with a need for safety profiling uh, and tracking whether it be liver function or um, kidney function or whatever the case may be, where there are approvals that have been delivered by the FDA, but they come at a, you know, a, a risk or a need for monitoring these patients to ensure that there isn't any adverse events for those particular individuals. And I think real-world data, having that data, having it at scale, enabling it um, to various organizations, both from a life sciences standpoint, as well as for governmental agencies, et cetera, is extremely important in order to enable us to react quickly to any issues that may be identified. To analyze real-world data appropriately and understand the true safety and effectiveness of products, Opta makes sure that the data are de-identified so that patients' privacy is not at risk. That means the data are stripped of patients' names or other information that could allow it to be traced back to individuals. Privacy. Privacy is, is king. And we spend a significant amount of time and energy. We have 
an entire staff dedicated to ensuring that we are um, operating at the highest levels of integrity when it comes to patient-level data. Healthcare data is sensitive information, and we've seen the power of data in general in, in other areas. In healthcare, you know, you're, you, you've got information on conditions people have, you know, conditions people may not want to share with others, whatever the case may be. I asked Lewis about how these massive data assets and analytical capabilities translate into insights into the safety and effectiveness of vaccines, therapies, and other medical products. Size matters from a data standpoint. You need a data set that's got the scale to be able to have enough patients to do meaningful analysis. But, you know, data is only data. And unto itself, yes, the data has value, but it's like any other raw material. You know, when it's sitting in a data warehouse somewhere, you know, its value is somewhat limited. The, the power is really generated when you apply analytics to it. In addition to assisting life sciences companies in analyzing real-world data, Optum has plans for a public-private partnership to shed additional light on the long-term use and effectiveness of vaccines. Vaccines certainly are saving lives, and they've enabled millions of people to avoid pretty devastating diseases. And public health officials probably consider increasing immunization rates and developing new vaccines as really a key to safeguarding that. So the United States has actually been tracking childhood vaccinations since the 1970s. And these state or local-based immunization information systems um, certainly record reported immunization doses by certain participating providers, but with limitations and a lot of variability in that data. Organizations such as the CDC or state and local health departments have for years talked about the need to access all of this data. And we talked about serving as a catalyst for this public-private partnership to provide that access to vaccine data nationally in a de-identified way and breaking down the data silos. And that'll, of course, help us better assess the true vaccination status of these children, adolescents, and adults throughout their entire lifetime, regardless of their residence. Uh, it'll benefit everyone, the, the payers, providers, state health departments, health and human services, other population health organizations, including life science companies, too to use that de-identified data that may be derived from this. The planned public-private partnership is just one example of how Optum seeks to use its data and analytics expertise broadly to support both life sciences and the entire healthcare system. Our main mission is really to work with that data, work with those life science companies, turn it into real-world evidence that can help these new vaccinations, these therapies, really become safe, and most importantly, that they work as well. And of course, that they're available to our patients. That's key. It's still going to come back to the foundation, which is data, and being able to supply that real-world data, real-world evidence, especially diseases like oncology, where there is so many new therapies coming to market and that are in the pipeline and to be able to supply them so that, and, and to figure out how to accelerate that process of collecting that evidence. 
because that's going to be key to these companies. Uh, they certainly have their work cut out with them to prove their effectiveness and to prove their safety. But to do that, they're going to need data around that collection, which is not an easy task for those companies to do without companies like us being able to partner with them so that, again, we can make that health system work better for everyone. And amid the current pandemic, let alone the other conditions that plague humanity, that in itself will be a life-saving mission. That's all for this season of Until It's Fixed. I'm your host, Susan Denser. Thanks for listening.